Jim. How are you doing today? Hey, Ralph. I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay. I see by our meter here that we are maybe blasting people out of the uh, out of their seats. I'm going to back off the microphone a little bit here. Uh, okay. Okay. Just see if we take it down a little, little bit. Well, see if that works. Okay. Hey, <clears throat> we have been looking, Ralph, at uh, some pretty heavy topics over the last few weeks. You know, things like suicide and depression. And uh, uh, we said last week that we were going to kind of lighten it up and get into um, more, not positive psychology, but more stuff in psychology that is uh, is positive. And I mentioned that to my wife, uh, Sheila, and she said, well, good. We can use a little bit more positive stuff around this house. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay, and, uh, well, there's there's a slap upside the head for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I followed up a little bit, and yeah, I think that she's, yeah, she's right. So. Uh, well, usually you're not very negative, Jim, so... Uh, what sort of tasks have you been trying to avoid? <laughs> well, I think a big one was a lot of the upkeep around the uh, around the farm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, the the uh, this whole idea of the positive environment and productivity really comes, I think, first of all, from the industrial organizational psychologists, and they've for a number of years been trying to look at you know what kinds of environment that works best for employees. Yeah, and you know, Jim, it's interesting because industrial psychology really has its roots in the early time and motion study people. Mm -hmm. And they were looking to make work more efficient. So, you know, if we do more of this and less of that, uh, or if we work the assembly line in this way, that makes things better. Right, the but, time and motion study people. And, yeah, and what they were doing was uh, kind of ignoring the most important element of the line, and that was the line employee. Yeah, know? and uh, they started to focus on the line employee by saying, okay, well, if you uh, have this kind of a chair, or if you sit in this position, or he can we can uh, speed up your movements etc uh, etc et but everybody was ignoring how the employee thought and felt for right. a long time right and uh, the i guess it was the 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 theory y people that really caught our attention uh, theory x that was scientific management uh with mcgregor and it was all about the the line and how to speed it up, uh, you know, the ergonomic chair, that kind of thing. And with theory why uh, the Japanese really began to focus on how the individual, you know, it, within the workplace was important. Yeah. And so, you know, they gave us some things like, um, oh, empower people who are on the, who are working for you. You know, give them some, some, uh, um, uh, yeah. Some autonomy, some, and how do you empower them? Oh, you give them respect. You, you yeah. trust them. You give them the right kind of training. Okay. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, you know, nobody can do a job that they are not trained for. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the military has uh, a system uh, which I think is a superb system in terms of uh, teaching people and training them in that the first thing they do is train somebody how to do a particular operation. Okay. The next thing they do is get that person to teach another group. Okay, so that the old adage is if you can teach... if teach it, then you really know it. Then you really know it, right. yeah. Okay. So if you're going to give people training, first of all, you have to give them training, be otherwise they won't be able to do their job. But if you give them training, then part of the training is, okay, now you know how to do this. Now we've got a new hire here. You teach them. Okay, so that's part of the empowering. You're, yeah. You're not only training, but you are giving the person uh, respect and uh, you're trusting them. Yeah. Okay. And now, we're going to uh, apply this not just to the industrial um, workplace, but we're going to, uh, in a few minutes, apply this to um, the family unit and, and home. But another one that is important is to set clear goals. Yeah. Have clear expectations and provide clear feedback. And one of the things that uh, often happened, certainly happened in my family, uh, was that the goal uh, for me as, as a young person was I was supposed to be uh, excellent in school. Now... We're sorry to hear that, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, the, you and I went to school together and we know what we were like and... High school, elementary and in high school. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, the idea that I was supposed to achieve straight A's, uh, which came from my father, meant that uh, I never heard from him about my grades or my conduct or anything until I messed up. Yep. Okay. And, you know, going along with uh, everything seemingly normal, and then I brought home a report card that said uh, B in this and uh, D in that. And he would say, how could you get a D in mathematics? And, <laughs> it was pretty easy, Dad. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, my dad was one of those position uh, people who can, uh, he, he could literally add up a column of six-digit numbers, uh, one set of figures at a time. So if you stopped him in the middle and said, what's the total, he could give it to you. Uh -huh. okay. So he had a deep, intuitive understanding of mathematics. Okay. And I had absolutely no mathematical ability or desire. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we, we were not simpicato, and I never heard from him until, hey, you messed up, kid. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing that the... Um industrial organizational psychologists looked at and, and uh, uh, came up with uh, in um, uh, the workplace was to give employees freedom and autonomy. You know, and we saw some of that in this latest COVID-19 thing where employees are now not coming into the office, but they're working at home and they're picking up their own hours. They're given you know, the freedom to do the job apparently the way they want to do the job. But it's interesting that a lot of places that I'm looking at are, you know, bringing employees back or talking about bringing employees back, you know, to the main office 
And I thought we might have learned during the COVID-19 thing that uh, maybe even productivity was better when the employees were left alone and uh, given the freedom to do their job the way they uh, are trained to do their job. Yeah, and and that was, I think, very much the case. And uh, many people I know who were working from home uh, were working what to the employer might have seemed very strange hours because they were doing things like, uh, oh, they'd get up at six in the morning and work uh, work a whole uh, couple, three hours before their kids got up and then uh, work with their, their children uh, and uh, be with them until X time, and then go back to work when the kids were going back to bed, uh, and they'd get their their job done and maybe accomplish more than they had uh, done in a traditional work environment. But yeah. you know, uh, they did it on a schedule that they set themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you and I, know that when we do something that is. Uh, uh, based upon our desire and our uh, 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 our motivation, we tend to do it better. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we've learned a lot from the I/O psychologists, and uh, we wanted to see about applying it to the home situation, the family situation. Okay. And uh, there was a an article, um, and maybe I can put it up under learn more, uh, they talked about five steps. And okay. the five steps that they talked about it within the family were number one, communicate. Number two, um, uh, show love and appreciation. Uh, three, respect each other. Um, four was uh, cooperating and working together. And a five was spending time together. And a lot of the problems that I see coming into my office have to do with the, particularly the parents, uh, not uh, uh, using these five steps. For example, communication. You you mentioned that with your father. Um, if uh, uh, he wasn't saying something to you or if you weren't communicating with him, the expectation was that everything was okay. Until you bring home the report card with a B on it. You actually yeah. got a B once, Ralph? I did, yes. Boy, I never got a grade that, that good. Well, that was a B in English, which uh, I did have a deep uh, understanding of. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> that was easy. Okay. Anyhow, uh, with a lot of the the parents I see, and then it goes back to the, the children, uh, they're, they're lacking in these five steps. And the idea, I suppose, is that they're supposed to be able to pick this up intuitively from the uh, environment. Uh, remember coming in, uh, I told you very badly, that joke about the married couple? Oh yeah, they, the couple goes to the marriage counselor and uh, the uh, marriage counselor says to the guy, well, what's wrong with your marriage? And he says, nothing, it's all fine. And the wife says, oh, no, that we've got problems. He never tells me he loves me anymore. He never tells me I'm, I'm beautiful. He never tells me uh, when I put on a nice dress how good I look. 
you know, it, it's just, he, he just, uh, he's lost interest. And the guy says, no, no, I haven't lost interest at all. It's just that if anything had changed, I would have told you. <laughs> I think that's what we sometimes see in families, you know, so that, uh, you know, with, like communicate. Now, talking about uh, the things that are um, problems within a, a family unit, or well, to talk about things that, that uh, are going well. You know, you, uh, Jim, and, and uh, your family had a kind of an evening ritual that I thought was a, a wonderful thing. Uh, and first of all, it, it's a very strange thing because in Jim's family, they had tended to have their evening meal together, which might in fact in some families be strange. But uh, sitting around the dinner table and uh, they would say, well, what, what was the best thing that happened today to you at school, to one of the children? Mm -hmm. You know, and the, uh, that's the thing about communication. It's a two-way street. You know, we think about uh, talking, but we often don't think about listening. And so, uh, in that case, the adult would uh, open up the line of communication with the kid and be interested in listening to the kid talk about what went on in school today. Yeah, and even, uh, you know, a kid who comes home grumpy and says that, uh, you know, uh, school sucked today. School is boring, that's yeah. the one I get a lot, yeah. Uh, generally speaking, there's something they can talk about that was good. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, uh, it might be... Uh, well, my mom packed a school lunch for me, and it was one of my favorites, and I really liked it. Well, hey, it's not school, but it's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, thing that is important also is to have the parents be good communication models. So if you have uh, mom who isolates herself or dad who isolates himself uh, in the TV room watching sports or something like that, you know, don't expect that you're going to have great communication within the entire household. So yeah, you got to yeah. model you know, communication. Yeah, uh, my dad, for example, uh, not that I'm picking on him particularly, but his habit, because we got a, an afternoon paper, his habit <clears throat> when he came home from work was to sit <clears throat> in his chair and read the paper. Now, I understand that because we get a morning paper and I like to start the day off by reading the paper. But, you know, in terms of talking to my mom or talking to me, uh, he was the guy behind the newspaper. The message was that whatever was going on in the Sioux Star was more important than what was going on on uh, uh, Wellington Street. Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's pretty heavy communication. We model uh, our, our behaviors, too. And so the, the, uh, uh, the, a kid might feel, oh, I'm just, yeah, I'm not welcome here. It's not even, I'm not welcome. I'm just, I'm not even here. Yeah. You know? Now, my defense from that was to stick my nose into a book and say, well, if you're going to read and not talk to me, I'm going to read and not talk to you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good uh, 
uh, good point. Another one that is important, and it goes back to that uh, joke about the married couple, is to show love and show appreciation. You know, we tend, as you mentioned earlier, to focus on the negative, you know, uh, and uh, uh, modeling, hey, you know, just I love you. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, appreciate you know what you're what you're doing. Hey, you okay? You got to be in some. You know, hey, I I appreciate the fact that you're working hard you know, in in English. Yeah, and maybe even to the uh, point of of uh, kind of ignoring the D for right now, uh, rewarding the the B, and then saying, okay, now what we have to do here is figure out. How to get that math score up okay Ralph yeah and you know after you got uh, you got some praise I mean one of the things we know that if you're giving somebody bad news psychologically the way to do that is best to start with something that's positive mm-hmm yeah. you know uh, so Guy's down in his sales for this quarter. You call him in. Uh, you say, you know, I understand you really, really worked hard this quarter. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, right. Uh, but your sales has fallen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so what's up? Are you, you know, can I help you in some way? How, you know? And just kind of start off by by a moment of praise and saying, I, I understand and respect what you've done. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'd like to see uh, an increase next quarter. How can I help you achieve that? Yeah, as opposed to, you know, hey, Mesher Smith, uh, your numbers are way down. Get them up, okay? Yeah. And Mesher Smith says, eh, I don't know what to you know. I don't know what to do or I, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So in that way, you get to that, the third step, too, that we would do within our family, and that is you've shown Mesher Smith some respect. Yeah. You know, he probably was hired to do the job because at one point you thought he could do the job well, and now you are saying to him, okay, let's make a plan as to how to get the sales up, or Ralph, let's make a plan as to how to get... Uh, mathematics up or Jim let's make a plan to get French up you know something yeah. like that yeah yeah the so we we're gonna uh, bah, les French. <laughs> so we're going to uh, show respect to each other within the within the family um, you know and ex respecting differences too um, you know I can't do French to save my life uh, you know I, that's why I don't have a high school diploma. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? Which is another story, <laughs> but uh... um, and uh, uh, but and, and maybe you don't do mathematics very well. But there are things that we do do very well. well. Yeah. yeah, and so the the parents' job, I think, is to respect the differences within their kids uh, and realize that there are differences. There will be differences. Something else that's uh, uh, important is um, cooperation, you know, working together, having, having people within the family do things together. It doesn't matter what those things are. Yeah. It's uh, not, um, uh, you know, 
dad packs the car, you know, mom makes all of the, the food for the, the uh, outing, you know, the kids find themselves in the back room playing video games. No, everybody gets together to yeah. pack the car, make the lunch, find and, and to the give electronics. The, to give the, the listeners a may, maybe a more fair uh, sense of my family dynamic and my father, um, every night after dinner, uh, my mother would go out to the kitchen to clean up and wash the dishes. My father would go out to the kitchen and he would dry the dishes. This was before the white box that did the dishes all by itself. <laughs> and uh, and they would stand there, uh, you know, ostensibly doing dishes, but this was kind of a, a moment for them to A, have a cooperative task, and B, talk to each other. Yeah. So he had read the paper, they had talked over supper with themselves and with me, but this was their sort of uh, moment to reconnect, you know. Yeah. And uh, nobody had to say to my dad, go in the kitchen and dry the dishes for, for mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, the 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 uh, time of connection. You know, you're you're right. There's another um, uh, thing that I'm going to put up under the um, uh, uh, learn more, and that's an interesting article called "Create or Creating a Safe and Open Home Environment." And some of the bullet um, uh, things with that one are: don't yell, uh, uh, let kids be kids read to them, um, set good examples, uh, be consistent, be positive, be honest and straightforward, display affection. And those are some of the things that we've already kind of uh, touched upon. But in conclusion, Ralph, there are probably some things that kids don't need. Yeah, and one of the things, Jim, that I... Um I look at, for example, uh, we don't see it around anymore, but do you remember Toys R Us? Yeah. And yeah. you could go into a toy, a Toys R Us and find every toy in the known universe. Okay. Uh, at least half of which had required batteries and were electronic in one way or another. Okay. Now, kids, I... I don't say should never have a toy that requires batteries, but get simple, open-ended toys, puzzles, uh, blocks, uh, building things, etc., that kids can play with their imagination. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all seen the example of, you know, you get your kid a a big toy and uh, he takes it out of the box on Christmas morning and 15 minutes later, the toy is sitting in the corner and the kid's playing in the box. <laughs> right. And uh, it's a good point. Uh, a lot of my uh, clients are children, and they have uh, a lot of electronics and fancy stuff. But, uh, you know, what we do in, in the office? We've got, I've got junk and, and uh, pieces of wood and mag kinesthetic magnetic blocks. And, hey, they make real things. They, they you know, they... 
and and the fun thing is that uh, after they've made some sort of a structure with their uh, magnetic kinesthetic blocks, along comes Wolfie and the kid, and they you know, crash it, <laughs> they crash it all down, and we laugh together, and then they have a chance to to you know rebuild it in some other you know some other way, uh, yeah. and you know. It's interesting, Jim. I was talking just the other night to uh, to a couple of uh, young guys who uh, are in their twenties um, now, mid twenties. They're they're both working, uh, but they're still playing with Legos. Uh huh. Okay, but the play that you and I did with Legos, where we made uh, the little castle out of a box of Legos. Uh huh. Well, these guys are making whole uh, villages. They're making like dioramas out of Legos and uh, creating just tremendously elaborate scenarios. Now, they have, you know, instead of a 100 or 150 or 300 piece set of Legos, they have the 50,000 piece <laughs> that they've collected over the last 15 years. Uh -huh. But you know, I mean, that kind of thing that starts out as simple open-ended play can lead to um, a fairly significant hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good point. Another thing that uh, we would, we think the children don't need is uh, screen time. Yeah. The alternative we think they do need is your time, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so time... Time in which a parent reads to them, talks to them, plays with them. Um, and, you know, I know uh, a number of people who are involved in work in the computer industry who have uh, children or grandchildren. Now, the grandchildren have uh, tablets, even though they're, they're only uh, seven, eight years old. But the tablets are... 30 minutes a day. Uh-huh, okay. So there, there's a limit. Yeah, you can you can play with your tablet. You can get online and play a game with your friends, sure, for half an hour. Okay. And these are people who are knowledgeable or in the um, uh, electronics industry? Yeah, and they, uh -huh. they basically say, you know, uh, for the developing brain, uh, too much screen time turns you passive. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't exercise your own imagination, uh, and you become a receiver of things. Yeah, good point. And sometimes you're a, a receiver, as we pointed out a couple of weeks ago, of some things that aren't, you know, so great. So, yeah. Um, okay. You know, it, it, it's a toxic environment out there, if you let it be. Okay, good, good point. Um, the third thing that kids don't need is a... Uh, designer a closet full of designer clothing you know that they they need what uh, my grandkids uh, have uh, just clothes that they can play in get ready uh, get uh, dirty uh, yeah, roll in mud, the mud uh, make yeah. mud pies in and yeah mm -hmm. and you know it, it's interesting jim i i often find myself now as an old guy wearing blue jeans mhm mm and part of that goes back to um, my mother, who was raised on a farm. And as far as she was concerned, blue jeans were farmer's pants. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So when I was a kid, uh, 
I didn't have any blue jeans. Mm-hmm. She said, no, you can't wear blue jeans uh, in this house. You're going to wear uh, corduroys or flannels. Okay, yeah. Well, corduroys pick up a lot of dirt, and flannels are uh, not exactly what the rest of the kids were wearing. Uh, so when I retired from working, where uh, quite often I was expected to wear a shirt and tie and look businesslike, I said, this is my time to wear blue jeans. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I saw an interesting um, uh, commercial the other day when I was watching a football game for Levi's. And uh, the commercial, and you should, our listeners should uh, be aware of it or watch for it, but uh, Levi was uh, uh, actually touting how eco ecologically friendly their clothing was and how uh, it uh, lasted for a long time, thus you know, creating a greener footprint. Etc. So, hey, yeah, I think uh, uh, you know your mom was a was uh, hey, she was a mom. She wanted you to look good. Yeah, you know, and you do look professional a lot of the time, Ralph. Not like a farmer so much. <laughs> Not so much. Okay. So the last thing that we should avoid for kids is having an overbooked schedule. Uh, some of our kids are scheduled right up to the to the. I don't know. Could you yeah, give and, me a good word for that? Well, you know, when when you find yourself in a situation where you and your spouse are uh, engaged in a debate over, well, I took them to uh, piano lessons at four. It's your turn to take them to karate at uh, seven. Uh, maybe the kid's a little overbooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh there's time for uh, sports, organized sports, uh, provided you don't turn into one of those uh, parental-like soccer dads um, and play the, the game with your kid uh, of, well, you were standing in the wrong spot uh, and you should have intercepted that pass and blah, blah, and, you know, second-guessing everything. I, even organized sports are meant to uh, be fun. Okay. Yeah, well, we played uh, hockey. Which, that's not an organized sport. That's a disorganized sport. You know? But that goes back to the, the stuff that we supposedly learned from the I.O. psychologists. Uh, show respect. Give positive feedback. Yeah, and, so. you know, uh, let kids have, what, two, three evenings a week at least where they don't have any activities and let them have free and unstructured playtime. Uh, maybe drive out somewhere together and, and go for a walk in the woods. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe kick the soccer ball around the backyard with your kid and not, not use it as instruction time to here's how you dribble the ball kid but just hey let's do this let's mm -hmm. have fun yeah you know? so it's another way of communicating so we've i think looked at some positive things ralph that starts started with the industrial organizational psychologists but uh, a lot of what they have uh, discovered can really be uh, uh, introduced into the home situation the family situation and um 
I see people, I see families who are, you know, who are in trouble uh, quite often, and uh, I can identify that a lot of these things that we've been talking about are, are missing. And I think that uh, a family that can uh, uh, become positive, can put positive psychology or positive psychological uh, practice into the home environment, it's going to be a much more successful uh, Yeah, family. and you know, if you approach parenting with the idea that uh, you're raising a little human uh, and you want to raise somebody that uh, you like and can have fun with, uh, that changes the family dynamic. Uh, or can quite a bit. So until the next time, this is Jim and Ralph signing off and saying keep your stick on the ice because we're all in this together. together.